Tell. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. has been an interesting week, and I know we say that often here on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, but right after Seth, uh, we talked about the passing away of John Thompson last week. Um, Seth told us a story about how his father knew he was old or getting up there in age based on the fact that one of his heroes passed away, and that being Mickey Mantle, and I had a thought, and I was getting to the point of, okay, so who was my hero back and forth? And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then you have the, the Islanders going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Woo-hoo! Until last That's night. the good news. Uh, yeah, well, and then the bad news is eight <laughs> goals later. And, uh, look, we have one week of college football that actually survived, and we're on to our second week. And uh, no, most teams, there, there were no, there were no games of relevance last week, so I don't even think we can talk about it. To be honest, no. The point is not that there were games of relevancy, but there were no games canceled. Like the games actually sure. went on. That so is true. There were games, and we're on to week two, and then the NFL starts in two days, and we had our fantasy football preview last week. But I gotta tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Seth and I haven't talked about it since, and we got our draft tonight. So we're going to go through the NFL preview in a little bit. We'll talk about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. And in between, we're going to give you little nuggets on who we might be picking tonight. I think that's the best way. We, we did decide on our three keepers being James Connor. Um, uh, yeah, James Connor. Derek I was Henry about to say Chris Doug Hodge. Henry. Yeah, I was about to say Doug Henry. No, and Doug, Doug Henry, Henry wasn't he a pitcher? He was, and I can barely hear you, dude. I mean, I'm on speakerphone, but I can barely hear you, and I got the volume all the way up. Okay, so try can, you hear me? Can, you, can you hear me now? Is this I any can. better? That's much better. So, okay. Yes. So so we have uh, – I still said Doug Henry. <laughs> like, I still want to continue to call him Doug Henry. <laughs> but uh, – and, and I'm blanking on his first name. That's why I'm saying Doug. Derek. Derek Henry. Derek Henry. Okay, so we got Derek Henry. Derek Henry, Chris Godwin, and James Conner. Uh, if you saw today, Seth, Kareem Hunt actually signed a two-year extension today for $7 million a year. So you know he's not going anywhere. So an interesting signing is you generally do not pay backup quarterbacks, backup, seven million, backup running backs, $7 million a year. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't so, exactly – Give me a great deal of confidence in, in going after after uh, Nick Chubb. Let's put it that way. Oh, Nick Chubb is the one guy. He's on my do not draft list. Like there are several people on my do not draft list. He is one of them. And I'll tell you, Seth, going into the draft tonight, I actually think I have on my do not draft list 
Greg Kittle and Travis Kelsey. George Kittle. Greg Kittle, for the 87th time, was a first baseman for the Chicago White Sox in the mid-'80s. Actually, it's Ron Kittle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're screwing this up so badly, I'm forgetting. Well, I, do, I, I combined Greg Little and George Kittle, and I called Greg Kittle. Jo- okay, his name, so George Was Kittle. his name Ron? Is it Greg Kittle or Ron Kittle? You're killing me. No, it was Small. Greg Little. No, Greg Little a, used to play for the Browns. Right, he's the wide receiver from North Carolina. Yes, I'm familiar. Right, so I'm confusing. So I'm combining Greg Little and George Kittle, and I'm making yes. George, Greg Kittle. That's how I'm doing it. So anyway, so Kittle and Kelsey are on my do. I, I think I have moved to my do not draft list for tonight. Why? You love tight ends. Because I think. Why? Because I think if we put them out early enough, they're going to get huge numbers. And I think sure. you can get the value later in the draft. I think you could find the value with the Tennessee tight end, who I can't remember his name. Or you can Johnny get Mike Kosecki. Yeah, Johnny Smith. Or you can get Greg Kosecki. Or first, you can get Austin Hooper. Are they giving you the same value that that Kelsey and – Kittle, without saying his first name, do? No. But at seven, at 60 for Greg Kittle, George Kittle, Jesus. I did it again. What is wrong with you? Say, I'm the one doing four know. things at once right now. This is embarrassing. At 50 for George Kittle or three for Austin Hooper, I'll take three. Okay. He's not worth four. He's not worth 47 more, and I think he'll go in the 40s. Uh, no, I think they'll go in, their 30, in the 30s. But, look, you know, that's neither here nor look, there. We have, if that, if, do you want Herndon? We have, sure, or Herndon, right? Herndon will go for three or four bucks. I mean – we have only drafted a tight end high once, and that was Kelsey, and we got him at 20. Like, I'm willing to, to draft Kelsey at 20, but we're not getting yeah. Kelsey at 20. No. I think so, there's a couple. I, I kind of like Dallas. I mean, I, look, we know Hayden Hurst is everybody's trendy picket of the year, so he's going to end up going higher than we're, gonna, than we're comfortable with. Um, what we may want to do is you may want to look into someone like Dallas Goder who, considering Ertz is getting hurt pretty often, Godert's an interesting call. I kind of like him. I don't mind Gusecki. I have no interest in Gronk. Um, it's a it, – it, it's going to be – I agree, though. It, it, to me, well, the advantage there always is with the, with, with the Kelsey or the Kittle is the tight end. There's such a limited, stu- limited amount of studs, and there's so many wideouts, which – we can discuss. Not sure, but I, what I'm not willing to do is overpay for a four or five. You know, I'm not going to pay ten to fifteen for someone. You're going to pay to me. I have to pay again. I wouldn't pay forty for Kittle, but I would pay twenty-five to thirty. I just don't think we can get him at that. Right. It's a question of whether you think Kittle is worth more than a DeAndre Hopkins or a Julio Jones. Oh, and I don't think any of those are going to be at the 25 to 30 range. 
I mean, remember, Julio Jones, I think it was last year, it might have been the year before, went for 52. So, I mean, look, you know the first part of the draft is always going to be we're flush with money we're going to spend. So, yep. basically, it, it, I would throw – look, we, we, would, we have to throw out a guy. I would throw out Kittle first. And let's, uh, unless somebody has already protected him, I haven't even checked that. I haven't checked the protective book. But anyway, okay, so, so let's, let's talk about first the Islanders. Islanders making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so it's Vegas and the Stars in the West and the Islanders and the Lightning in the East. And the, the Islanders getting throttled. I mean, 8-2 to two last night. Um, yeah, there's not much to say when you lose a hockey game eight to two. You just I, 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 lose. Do have, I do have I do have one thing to say though. I don't think David Volek is walking through that door, my friend. David Volek got us here. He, he didn't do anything in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. He got us to the Eastern Conference Finals. He scored the goal in nineteen. He scored the seventh, the, the overtime goal in um, in, 20, in, right. in game seven against the Penguins. Right, I know. but that got I remember you. it. I was but listening to it on the radio. You. Right, but that got you to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. That he didn't. The next series against Montreal, he did nothing. So, well, did anyone do um, anything? I don't remember how badly they got. No. Beat. Oh, they got crushed. I was at most of the games. <laughs> they got crushed. That was the that was the last series I last full series I ever went to at Nassau Coliseum. So I I remember it well with Adam Brody and my brother. So it was. But last night was was a tad disappointing. I have to say, I did leave the bar in the at the end of the second period, uh, right after my fantasy draft ended, which I was doing at the same time. But if you ask any Islander fan if they're happy right now, we're happy. We're we're not. Uh, are, I mean, are Islander, we're not content. Are Islander fans allowed to be happy? Do you know what happiness is? No. Well, remember, I have the Mets, Jets, Knicks, and Islanders. So, oh, no, I, mean, I don't know what happened. You should have killed yourself years ago. Yeah, well, thanks. Look, yeah, we, no we, we do not take suicide uh, lightly <laughs> here on the Seth and George radio show. Um, Apologies that was, for, any of those, that, that, for anyone who that took was it a as joke. Much. Yeah, that was a joke. Uh, so, anyway, but the fact of the matter is it, it has been a hard 30 years. <laughs> I'll tell you that flat out. And, uh, look, with Steve Cohen – hopefully buying the Mets, which seems to be going through, and the Islanders on the upswing, and if James Dolan would please either step aside or let Lon Rosen do something, um, and I have no hope for the Jets, but uh, but when we start, we might as well start oh, I, there. Look, it, you don't go that far. You hope in a year the case is fine. You're going to go 6-10. and 10. And you're going to start off like one and nine, and you're going to get, you're going to see some optimism the second half of the year, and you're going to you know whatever the schedule is, and you, you know you just have to be hold to that this team has no talent, and you can't sleep, you can't crush Darnold. Darnold, we've talked about this before, because the team has no talent, it just doesn't. You have the worst wide receivers in the league. Your running backs, you know. Assuming Le'Veon Bell doesn't return to Le'Veon Bell, you're, you're, you know, you just don't have much talent. 
and it's going to take a couple years no, for Bradley to put everything together. Well, I agree. So let, let's go to the AFC East. And for the first time in almost 20 years, there is no Tom Brady. And does Buffalo take that next step and take that division? I will tell you flat out right now, no. I am picking Miami to win the division. Wow. Really? Yeah. I yep. didn't see that one coming. I know. Nobody did. I see Miami taking the division. They have I think they are flying on I think they are flying under the radar. I think Brian Flores is a very good coach. I think he's going to prove to be a very good coach. And I think the trendy pick is Buffalo. And, look, you're going to say it's an interesting situation this year, and I know you and I have talked about this offline. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, certainly you can take umbrage with my picks. Uh, I do not claim anything of the kind in that I know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying my best. But the one thing I – the one thing I think needs to be said today, and it is very important, is aside from weather, there is no home field advantage this year. So you want to say you have a raucous crowd in Seattle. You want to say you have a raucous crowd in Buffalo. You want to say you're going to go to the Dome in New Orleans and be and it's intimidating. No, it's not. None of this matters. The most the most fans I heard that are going to be allowed in in a stadium, as of now, are in Dallas. Is Dallas? So Dallas may put twenty five thousand people in that stadium. That stadium holds a hundred and two thousand people. Twenty five thousand people is like looking at the ants from the top of the wa- looking at people from the top of the Washington Monument. I mean, I mean there's no crowd noise. There's no intimidation going on here. It's just talent. And I think Miami could have that talent. I, I, I like their team. Where? So I have them I have them winning Where? the AFC East. Where? Where do you see talent for Miami? They're wide receivers. Williams was okay. Devontae Parker no. had a good second half of the year. Am I missing something? Actually, Preston Williams was much more than okay through his first nine games, which is when he got hurt. Much right. more. Okay. I think that this is I I think that this is a, a first uh, first of all I think this is the worst division in football. So Probably that's number true. one. And I I agree. Okay, it's it's either this or the AFC Central. That's it. No, this is worse. It's either this. What? Okay, then this is worse. So the worst, the best of the worst. I'll take Miami flying under the radar. I think the here's my question to you: Over under on Tua being the starting quarterback? How many games? I don't think he's going to start most of the season, and especially if you're if you're going based on what you're saying, where there is only 
where they're going to be in the running for the division. You know, we never know with Fitz, with with Fitz, with Fitz Magic. You know, it, it, it's always a, it's a fun ride. Um, that may be one of the most surprising eight years of doing this show. That may be one of the most surprising picks I've seen. Um, or heard. Or heard. Since I can't, since we're not on, we're not on the new one yet, so we're still on blog talk, so I can't see it. Uh, well, I will, I will, I will tell you, Seth. I'm, I'm hoping that we can get some Fitz Magic tonight in our draft. I would be okay with that. Um, yeah. I, I, I I'm flabbergasted. Um, wow. Okay. So who's I have, running back? I have, Jordan Howard, correct? Yep, Jordan Howard. So we're playing 1950s three yards in a cloud of dust. No, we're caught, we're playing three yards and then Fitz Magic. Very so similar Fitz Magic to the way in the Jets played. Fitz Magic, who's been playing since the AFL NFL merger, <laughs> on his 17th well, at least team. His beard is. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I, I look. I think the, I think the division sucks. I think you does. can win this division at not, at nine and seven. I think someone will. And I think. I just don't see and Miami I think at nine So I have Miami first, Buffalo second. I think they. I think Miami wins in a tiebreaker over Miami over, uh, over Buffalo. Buffalo. New, New England third, and then the Jets at. Ugh. I'll take the Jets at five and eleven. Five and eleven. Yeah. Yep. Um, I will take New England over Buffalo at nine and seven. And as you said, a terrible division. I think Buffalo is one year away from being really good. Um, I think it'll take a year for Allen to acclimate to Diggs. I think it's actually a good fit because of Allen's arm. And Diggs gets to be the number one that he always wanted to be, which he wasn't really with Minnesota with Dillon. And I, I I think Newton is the best player in the division. And I think he's coming out angry. And I'm not quite sure. And look, New England always finds a way with this. They never have great offenses. They don't have great players on offense. They always figure out a way for something to happen. I think no one is thinking about them this year. And I think they eat their way through. I have Miami and the Jets are both at 5-11. and 11. Maybe Miami at 6-10. and 10. I don't see it. Well... New England has had uh, has they had lost a, a lot of their offense. defense. They lost a lot of their defense. Dante Hightower has opted out. Yep. So they don't have a middle linebacker. They certainly have Stephon Gilmore. And you're right. They haven't had a lot of offense in the past, and they found a way. But this year they're missing one of those guys who happens to be, and I'll say it again, the greatest quarterback that ever lived. And I, I, I say that reluctantly, but true. And when you lose the greatest quarterback that ever lived and you replace him with a guy that really hasn't played in three years, that is a downgrade. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that comes out. Um, so let's move on to the AFC North. So Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Cincinnati gained the first pick in the draft, Joe Burrow. 
A.J. Green coming back. Who has more catches, A.J. Green or Taylor Boyd this year? Taylor Boyd. Okay. Well, I think I think Green's going to miss three to four games at some point. Um, it this is a tough division. I know this is a tough division for me to call. Um, because I don't know if Baltimore can play like they did last year. I just don't. They were so good. I think Cleveland's better. I think I think Cleveland couldn't be worse. I think since he's better because they couldn't be worse. And Pittsburgh comes back, brings back Roethlisberger, and has no, and their defense is still pretty damn good. It's a good division. It is. It's a very um, good division. And they have Minka Fitzpatrick for the entire year, where he was wasn't there last year for the entire year. Right, who was sensational? Sensational once he came over. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go the same way as it was last year. I don't think Cincinnati makes that much of a move. So I'll go Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincy. Uh, Baltimore, I still think again finishes, but finishes 13 and three, not 14 and two, which they did last year. Uh, Pittsburgh at nine and seven, Cleveland at let's let's call it seven and nine, and Cincy at. I don't know, four and, uh, five and 11. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Baltimore, I have them a little bit lower. I think they'll lose a couple more games in the division this year. I'll have them at 11 and five. Pittsburgh, nine and seven. Cleveland, about seven and nine. And Cincy, about six and ten. Okay, I so think Cincy does move up a couple up. games. Well, you definitely have to make up those losses somewhere along the way. I made up most of them in the AFC East. <laughs> no, you actually, but you actually didn't. So, so New England was twelve and four, Buffalo was ten and six, the Jets were nine and seven, and Miami was five and year. eleven. You're talking right, last. Year. So I'm saying, right. So what I'm saying is, you just increased the whole AFC North from last year. So you have right, to. I decreased the whole. To, I decreased the whole AFC East by ten games. Right, but. I, Right, but I don't think they play each other. <laughs> that's, that's the big problem. Well, I'm not looking at the schedule. Um, I'm talking high level. All right. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, AFC South. So, so, so let me go through the AFC North. Is there somebody in that – well, between the first two divisions, between the AFC East and the AFC North, is there somebody that you're looking at tonight that you want in the draft? Or you say, I, I don't necessarily need to go get them. But it's a good idea, and I'd like to, to see where it lands out of those eight teams. Well, nobody earth-shattering. There's no one, unless you want to go for one of the Miami wideouts that we can get cheap. Um, we can get Williams probably very cheap. New England, if, if we play a three- or four-man rotation, the quarterback, if you want to get Fitz, you want to get Burrow, you want to get Cam, I'm fine with any of them. Um, you know, that's what, how we always play. That's how we've been successful over the years is not spending a boatload on the quarterbacks. Yep. Well, I, I like, I like Burrow. And the reason, again, we have to start looking at next year and the year after at this point in how we're going to manage the team. And generally we don't, we don't keep quarterbacks, but a quarterback at two 
or three would be something I'd like to do. Um, also looking at, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, who we seem to always get every year. Um, yep. Maybe J.K. Dobkins, J.K. Dobkins uh, of Baltimore would be an interesting find. Not sure yes. how high he's going to go. The problem is he's going high because, and there's a, again, we have a team, you know, look, we're not going to be the favorites because of the team that has Thomas and McCaffrey. We have a good team, and you can't spend $25 on a guy who's probably going to be part of a rotation for most of the year. No, agree. Ingram is not, that's the problem with Dobbins. Yeah. Uh, like, I, this is all based on how much they go for. Like, I'm looking at him and going, all right, well, that's somebody I want to keep an eye on. doesn't necessarily mean I have to go get him. I'm not looking to spend the, the oogles and oogles of money on these guys. So, moving on to the AFC South, which, with the addition of Jajabian Clowney, gives it some kind of oomph. And I will pick the Titans to win this division. With, Houston, with the Colts second, Houston third, and the Jaguars at basically 2-14. and 14. Hey, Jack, Can the Jaguars be relegated to the bottom, like the EPL? Can we, re- can we relegate them to, uh, to, like, the USFL or the AFL or whatever league like is left? No, the problem with doing that is that the Jets would have been there a couple of years ago. So yeah. I'm not really in favor of relegation. Oh, I love it. I think it's At great. All. But you can't so, do it, unfortunately. Um, just think about it. your all of your right. teams would have been over the last couple of years. All of your teams would have gotten crushed. The Knicks have been down for a decade. Okay. The Mets are the Mets. I mean, yeah, you have no teams left. You, you, but on the bright side, you could go all all these minor league parks. You'd be a lot of fun. If anybody would like to call in at seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six and defend me, that would be helpful. Because right now I'm getting crushed. I'm getting crushed. Anyway, so I got Tennessee, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville. All right. Um, I'm changing a little bit. I really like Indy this year. Um, with Rivers, I think you have continuity. Taylor probably Taylor could very well be the rookie of the year. The running back position, again, kind of a confusing situation with Mack and Hines. Um, I like Indy. I have – Tennessee taking a step, you know, not even taking a step back, kind of where they were, where they've been. The slightly above average 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, team. Clowney's a help, but they did lose Jarrell Casey to Denver. Um, Tannehill, as good as he was, I really want to see him do it again. Houston third, losing Hopkins hurts. Who the heck knows what you have in David Johnson. Um, Jacksonville doesn't belong in the NFL at this point. They're just, they're just in the Trevor Lawrence Can you go negative one in 17? I think we have that discussion with one team every year. Negative one in 17. I like it. Um, Cool. Okay. Uh, Okay, moving on to the West, right? So Kansas City. So do you see anybody? Is a Phillip Rivers a guy that you're looking to to score with here? I think he's going to be very good. I think he sits well. I'm not loving him as a fantasy because I think they're going to run the ball behind the best running offensive line in football. So I'm not crazy about him from a from a uh, what do you call it? from a fantasy standpoint. I think he'll do fine there. Okay. 
right, moving on to the West. Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, Chargers. Maybe the best division in football? I don't know. I don't really know how good any of the teams behind Kansas City are. San Diego loses a lot of their heart and soul. Loses Gordon, loses Rivers. Um, the Raiders still have, you know, they're all their all their top players are so young and they still have no defense. And Denver... Denver is the interesting team, and it's a question of whether Julak can make a step forward with Sutton and Judy and bringing in, bringing in Melvin Gordon. I think Kansas City absolutely cruises in that division. And by cruising, 12-4, and 7-8. Last year it was Kansas City was 12-4. The Broncos and Raiders were both 7-9, and the Chargers were 5-11. I'm not sure too much is different. I think the Raiders – I think – I think that's actually about right. Um, Denver may step up a game to about eight and eight. Because I, I do think, look, Chubb is back full. Still have Miller. You lose Chris Harris, but still a good defense. If you bring in Casey, that front seven is really good. Um, Kansas City goes 12 and 4, 13 and 3, something like that. San Diego, you know, they may go six and – now that they're more acclimated, they may go six and ten, seven and nine. I don't see the Raiders making much of an improvement. I don't know how they went seven and nine in the first place. So I think you have I, I think you have 13 and three, and then everybody else is kind of between six and ten and eight and eight. So, ladies and gentlemen, for all the times that I called George Kittle, Greg Kittle this year, will be equal to the amount of times that Seth Kamen's calls the Los Angeles Chargers the San Diego Chargers. There you go. Touche. Which, thank you. But anyway, I think this division is better than you do. I do. I th- look, I, th- I keep rooting for the Raiders to be better. Every year I root for the Raiders to be better. And I think that they will be. Um, I think that the Chargers certainly will be better. They'll be healthy. The Chargers haven't been healthy in, it seems like, a decade. Um, Tyrod Taylor is one of those guys that I'm not sure if I knew he had the job the entire year, I would be totally on board with grabbing him for fantasy league. Especially in our league. Like, totally on board. What do you think the over-under is with him and Herbert when, if and when Herbert takes that job? I'd have to look at their schedule. I think I think Herbert. I think they'll give. I like Alain as a coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll give Taylor about eight games. And if that team is two again, I don't, I'm not looking at the schedule right now. But if that team is two and six, or two and seven, or three and seven, they'll make the jump mid to late year. So, so the the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, bye week is week ten. There you go. So. So Cincinnati, Kansas City. So Cincinnati a win, Kansas City a loss, one and one. Carolina a win, two and one. Tampa a loss, two and two. New Orleans a loss, two and three. The Jets probably a win, three and three. Miami, I got them winning the division, so I'll say that's a loss, three and four. Jacksonville four and four. The Raiders, wow, let's call. Let's let's call the win. Schedule. You mean that it's a, a great schedule? 
that's, I mean, that's a great schedule for San Diego. That's a great schedule for Tyrus Taylor. That, you're talking probably four of the six worst teams in the league that you just mentioned. Right. So he could potentially, so, by week, week nine, go six and three. I would then. I'm assuming then afterwards, all you're playing are divisional games, so they're they're around seven and nine. That may be the reason. Again, I have not looked at their division, but that they're at their schedule. But that may be the reason they're a bit higher. So, Denver a- after the bye: Denver, Buffalo, New England, Atlanta, the Raiders, Denver, and Kansas City. So yes, most of, so they play four division games in the last. In their last seven, and they play Atlanta and New England, uh, both at home. But home is relative because there is no the Chargers. Even on a good even on a good day, they have no home field advantage. So, right. I mean, yeah. So that doesn't matter. So, are you a Tyrod Taylor fan for tonight? I'd be interested again if we can get him at two or three bucks. I yeah, like I, my cheap I, I like I like my cheap starters. Because, again, he's going to throw the ball a lot because Eckler's such a threat out of the backfield. I I agree. I just, like, you and I always – we get starters and then, like, I don't know, eight weeks down the eight weeks down the road we either get injuries or we get – oh, he got benched for – for uh, Jay Cutler got benched for Jimmy Clausen. And, <laughs> and then we and there went our problem on our hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take Kansas City first. I – I, I like the order of this. Uh, Kansas City, I'm going to pick Denver second. I think they are better. They're uh, probably 9-7 and seven instead of 7-9. and nine. I think the Chargers jumped the Raiders into third, also around 8-8, eight and eight, and then the Raiders coming in at fourth. So, all right, if we're looking for – so you have your division winners being New England, Baltimore, Indy, Kansas City. Who yep. are your two wild cards? Actually, three wild cards this year, right? Because there's three. Three wild cards. If it's three wild cards, then I'll go with. Wait, is that I'll this year? With... Hold on. Take a quick look. Yeah. I think it's next year. I think you're right. I think it's next year. Okay, go ahead. So, I will go with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I am looking that up, but I think you are right. Uh, expand. Hold on. Wild card weekend will have three games. No, then it's seven. Seven. Twelve to fourteen. That uh, beginning with the twenty twenty season. So, who is your third wild card? Denver. Okay. So I have Miami winning the East. I have Baltimore winning the West. I have, uh, sorry, Baltimore winning the North. I have the Titans winning the South. And I have Kansas City winning the West. Uh, wild card, one is Buffalo. Two is Pittsburgh. And I will say the third. Wow. I, I hate picking two in one division. Because I think that that is, that is generally a problem. Um, but I not will. With three. I, yeah, not, what? not with three. Yeah, not with three. So with three. I don't think it's it's a lot more improbable with two mild cards. Not as bad with three. 
Okay, so I'm going to take Cleveland with the third. Okay, okay, so moving on to the NFC, uh, the National Football Conference, in another one of the very bad divisions. It's like we have bad divisions and good divisions. There's really no middle ground. Um, The NFC East, your boys, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Washington. Uh, I will take the Cowboys to win the division. I love the Cowboys defense, especially their front defense. Oh, and by the way, Sean Lee is on the injured reserve, so I will not be picking him up as our linebacker extraordinaire. Um, but I will be looking at Jay, I will be looking at Jalen Smith <laughs> or Von Leach or Von Leach. Von if there's one thing I if there is one thing I have been known to do well in, it is picking middle linebackers in our league. I seem to always get the guys that make the tackles. Okay, uh, and and Devin uh, Devin Smith, Devin Bush for the Steelers. Yep. No, Devin Bush is on Tampa. I'm looking at Devin Smith. Wait, did Not I Devin flip Smith. him? Devin Smith was a wideout from Ohio State that went to you guys. Another brilliant pick by McLaughlin. Hold on Ohio a second. State. Who's who's the middle linebacker for Pittsburgh? Devin White. No, I think it's Devin White. That doesn't sound right either. You're right. It is. Seven white. Okay. So I will take Dallas. Dallas at ten and six. The Eagles at nine and seven. The Giants at seven and nine. And Washington at two and fourteen. It is tough out there for a Redskins fan. And they're not the Redskins anymore. Excuse me, the Washington football team. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Um, so, I agree with you on the teams. I agree with you. I think the Dallas. I think Dallas cruises to the division. I mean, Dallas. I shouldn't say it, Dallas never cruises to the division. No. Dallas has the most talented team in the division in the last six years. Yeah. They've won two playoff games. One. Yeah. I mean, I think they should win the division. At around eleven and five, ten and six, because their offense, they're, they they have Super Bowl talent. It's a question of what you know. Can they win the big games? Um, Philly, I yeah, I mean Philly, I guess eight and eight because I don't, I don't think I see three teams under five hundred. The Giants in that six and ten, seven and nine range, I think they are better this year. Um, the offensive line is better, is healthier. They, all their offensive players are healthy. The question is, and picking up all these defensive line, these, all these secondary guys have been really very helpful. Bradbury, you know, they picked up Logan Ryan for the year. They picked up uh, the guy from Pittsburgh. So they have a, now a relatively competent. The problem is they can't rush the quarterback, which is why for one year, I, I mean, I, I get it. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year. But for a one-year run, I wouldn't have minded them going after Clowney, though I understand why they didn't. So, what do you think Dak Prescott's value tonight will be? What's his dollar? Because he will not be protected. Somewhere in the somewhere in the twenties. Okay, I think it'll be a lot higher. I think you're looking at thirty-five to forty. I hope it's thirty-five to forty, but um, I think it'll be thirty-five to forty. Okay. Um, 
So does Alex Smith get into a game? Who is their number? Two? Is he the number two or is he the number three? Right now, he's the he's on the depth chart at the number three. The number two is the backup quarterback is Kyle Allen. I do think he'll get in. Um, I do think he'll get in. Um, it may it well, may just be it. a it may not let be, me refrain. Does he get in before game 17? Do they play the 49ers? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out. You really think it'll matter? If the 49ers the 49ers are winning 28-7 in the fourth or something like that as a tip tip the hat or or the Kansas City Chiefs as a tip the hat, I think they would put him in. So they actually do play at San Francisco on Sunday, December thirteenth. I so think that, that would be your that game. Means, well, I, you know one, I can you, you know it will happen if he is the number two quarterback that day. Right? Because if Kyle Allen's the number two quarterback the whole year, and all of a sudden Alex Smith is the number two that day, you know he's probably getting in the game. Yep. So, okay. I got all right. Anybody in the A, anybody in the NFC East you're looking at saying, besides Dallas Goddard, who I'm not re- I'm not really sold on, but as a number two tight end, even knowing Earth gets hurt, um, you you're looking at him as a starting tight end. Well, you it depends how low you want to. It depends how low you want to go. I mean, to me. Again, we can probably always pick him up on the on the waiver wire if we ever wanted to anyway. Um, but to me he you know, he especially the last couple of games of the year last year he came out a bit. He's he would be on any other team he is a, he would be a tight end one. If he wasn't in Kansas he wasn't one of the top four or five. Look, does it make sense to take a backup over a Herndon or Kosicki? Probably not. But, like, I ended up with O.J. Howard last night. I'm not sure I'm better off with him or Godard. Just saying. No, no that's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, anybody on Washington you want at all? No. I want, um, I want Terry McLaughlin. I want Terry. I would take McLaurin. Yeah, I'd take McLaurin. Yeah, McLaurin. Yeah. And if we have the 18th pick and have a dollar and can get Steven Sims, I wouldn't mind taking a run on that either. Fair enough. Um, okay. The Giants. Okay. If we can get yeah, Daniel Giants. Jones, I'd be fine. I don't know who else you'd go for, unless you want Blake Martinez, if he's healthy. No, actually, I'd want Sterling Shepard. He went for more than I anticipated last night. That's why I didn't even think of it. Um, but, yeah, Shepard – if Shepard stays healthy, it's, it's that team is gonna that team's gonna score some points. Yeah, so agreed. I completely get it. Agreed. Okay, um, Dallas. Anybody? I want Jalen Smith, and I want Mike Gallup. 
Fine. And I really want Mike Gallup. Like you, Mike Gallup's one of those guys. He, he's, he's one of my guys. Um, I've wanted him you for a while. Cru- you, you got a man crush on yeah. Gallup? I d- he's your guy look, for the year? I do. No, there's going to be a middle linebacker. That's going to be my guy for the year. It's always going to be a yeah, middle every, linebacker. Every middle linebacker you, you, you have a crush on gets hurt. You know, Ryan Shazier, Sean Lee. Yeah. It's like, you're like the Madden Jinx, dude. But they put in two or three solid years before they get hurt. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just got to pick a rookie each time. I got to see if there's a – actually, uh, Raquan Smith from Chicago would be nice as well. Um, so so let's look at that. So, okay, the NFC North, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. I am going to go Minnesota, Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago. Explain how Minnesota gets better having lost – Ever having lost, uh, what do you call it? Some of their defense, which is their strength, and losing digs. Well, I think Minnesota was just as, I think just Minnesota was that much better than everybody else in that division. So I don't, I, I understand digs, but I think that that means more, more balls. For Dalvin Cook, more balls to the tight end. Um, Kyle Rudolph and the secondary tight end, who I can't remember his name. Their defense First will be snap. fine. Their defense will be fine. Um, they lose Everson Griffith and they lose their secondary, but I'll tell you, their secondary was an overrated secondary last year anyway. So I will take Minnesota, and I, I actually think Detroit's going to make a playoff run this year, which would be great. So I think it, I think this is the year of teams that have really, really like passionate fans that have lost forever, and all of a sudden now they win, but they can't go to the games. I think that is like the perfect 2020 wrap up right here. Like Detroit wins a playoff game, but nobody can see it, <laughs> and nobody can say I was there because nobody will be there. Yeah, um, so I got right Minnesota, Detroit, Detroit going from three and twelve to nine and seven. Green Bay taking a step back, uh, then Chicago. Why is Green Bay taking a step back? Because they didn't get him the number two wide receiver. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. I mean, the Jordan Love pick we all think was a disaster, so I understand. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know how anyone can be optimistic about Detroit. They're Detroit. They got rid of their best defensive player, Darius Slay. Their yep. best defensive lineman, Snacks Harrison, who's like 80 years old, and I don't think he's back this year. So the whole thing is predicated. You, you have a running game led by Carryon Johnson, who's you know done nothing, and D'Angelo Swift, who's injured, I believe. So this is all based 
on Matthew Stafford in the wideouts. That's all you got, as far as I can tell. Well, okay. So hold on a second. Matt Harrison is with the Lions. I thought he was. I don't think he was there anymore. Did he resign? Hold on. Um, did he get cut? Was he cut? Did he leave? Oh, he was released. You're right. Sorry. And he's 31 years old, by the way. So he's not 38. Yeah, he was like that he's was been around forever. I was like, he's 31. Well, he's eaten everything. So he's like he's like Pizza the Hut. So yeah. Um, second, second Spaceballs reference in like two days. Well done. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. I look. They they supplemented with a whole lot of New England Patriots. <laughs> And I think that the defense will be better. I just do. And uh, I think the second year in this defense for some of these players in the Matt Patricia defense, I think will be an improvement. And sometimes your play – look, Stephon Gilmore is the perfect example. He did not play well. In, he played well in Buffalo. They switched the type of defense that they were playing. He did not play well. He goes over to New England. They go back to the same defense that he played well in in Buffalo, and he wins player of the year, defensive player of the year. Some people are not meant for those systems. Perhaps Darius Slay was not meant for the Matt Patricia system. I don't know. But the fact is, I got them going to the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. So, obviously, you do not. No, I do not. I, I, think, it is, I think this division is not – I don't think this division is very good. Um. I'll have Green Bay as a tiebreaker over Minnesota, both around nine and seven. Um, Detroit at six and ten. Matt Patricia's fired the day after, as is Bob Quinn, and Chicago's around six and ten. Because Chicago, one of the big confusions to me is seeing Allen Robinson going second round, third round, you know, like top ten wide receiver. How anyone has confidence in Trubisky and the running game is among the worst in the NFL because you're really depending on David Montgomery, which I don't know how anyone can can base it on David Montgomery, to be honest. Um, I It's ugly. Um, I... I Look, I think Minnesota has the best coach in the division. I do think their defense, you know, they lost Griffin. They lost a few of their corners. We're signing. They're still the best defense in the division. Cousins is competent. I I don't know who their number two wideout is. And Thielen looked old last year. That wasn't just him being injured. He looked old. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, um, so I ha- like I said, Detroit making playoffs, Green Bay takes a step back. Uh, you obviously disagree with that. Okay, moving on to the NFC South, uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Carolina. I have New Orleans winning the division, Tampa Bay second, making the playoffs, Carolina third, and the Falcons fourth. But Carolina and the Falcons both going about four and twelve. 
So this I mean, is the end of that. Dan. This is the this is the end of Dan Quinn. I'm assuming. Yeah. Do you think that this is the end of Matt Nagy? Is a better question. I, I don't know how many years he has left on his contract. The problem I see is this. I don't know what he could have done. That team, you know, that team made the playoffs on pure guile two years ago. That team has le- – I'm not sure that team – I'm not sure that's not the least talented offense in the NFL. And un- the comparisons, I think, are probably the Redskins, and unfortunately for you, and I'm not trying to be facetious, are the Jets and the Jets. I don't – I don't know how you can blame him when your offense is just not talented. Um, but if you have Dan Quinn at four and twelve, then that team gets that team that team just gets destroyed next. They they break everything down next year. Because at that again, I don't know how you're going to get rid of Ryan's contract. I don't know how you, I don't know what you do. I have to, you know they re-sign Julio. That is a very veteran-laden team with no with really very little youth on the offensive side. I don't think they'll be that bad. I think they're kind of in that quandary of nowhere land. Um, so you, so seven and nine? Yeah. I have New Orleans and Tampa tied at around 11, 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Atlanta at 7 and 9. Carolina, give or, tw- give or take, around 4 and 12. Seems about right. Wow. You have a lot more confidence in that Atlanta team than I do. You have a lot more confidence well, in that Atlanta team than Atlanta. Dude, you have a lot more confidence in that Atlanta team than anybody in Atlanta does. So that just gives you that. I mean, nobody here expects them to win more than six games. Well, everyone, let's be honest. The only thing that anyone in Georgia is talking about right now is Jamie Murray foregoing the draft. So. You mean foregoing the season? We're going the season to go to, to go to the draft. Yep. I'm assuming that yep. is the big conversation. Well, the fact that I've been sitting in my apartment for the last three months allows me not to have conversations like that because there's nobody to talk to. So unless I that's want to talk to myself, yeah. Well, that's what our radio unless show is. Well, basically. So okay. So now we got the NFC West. Um. So, is this your best division in football? I'm trying to find your best division in football. Because so far, you've said every division except for the AFC North is kind of piss poor. No, what I said was the AFC East is piss poor. And I said the NFC, the, uh, what do you call it, the NFC Central is not very good. I didn't say everyone else was piss poor. I said the NFC West was okay other than Kansas City. Yeah, I would think the NFC West is probably the best division. Well, in every other division, you have a certifiable last place team. And I think you that's harder a... in this. Sorry, go ahead. That's harder. I in think what? That's, a little, that's a little bit tougher with this division this year. Although for some reason, I'm actually blanking on the fourth team in the NFC West. I don't know why. Yeah, I've been doing Arizona, that too. By the way, it's probably the it's probably the Rams. San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams. Okay. Yeah, there's no bad. Team. Yeah. 
I don't think there's going to be a bad team in the NFC West. Um, I think you're looking at San Francisco around 11 and five, Seattle around nine and seven, the Rams around nine and seven, and the Cardinals around seven and nine, eight and eight. I think that is probably from top to bottom. I would say that's the that's the deepest division. I mean, there's only four teams. But that's the one division where I could see all four teams making the playoffs. And I would—I mean, any of the four teams, not all of them, obviously, making the playoffs without. And I—I I, I wouldn't be surprised. What's interesting about the Rams is that they have totally done a 180. About yes. two, two, three, two years ago, they were an offensive team, right? They had Gurley, they had Braden Cooks, they had Jared Goff. They were completely offensive. Now you look at them. Oh, and by the way, I love Robert Woods. So if there's a yeah, chance to get awesome. Robert Woods, that would be, that, that's a guy I want. Um, if you look at them now, it's Cam Akers, a rookie running back. Jared Goff's still there. Tyler Higby, who I really like as a tight end. And Robert Woods. And the offensive superstardom is gone. And that has been replaced with defensive superstardom, which is great because defense wins Super Bowls. And you have Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers comes back, and you have Jalen Ramsey. So, if I'm making predictions, I still have the Rams, unfortunately, in last place. But that also shows you the depth of the division. Agreed, 100%. So, I have have the Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams – and I think the Seahawks and the Cardinals both make the playoffs. So in the, in the NFC, it's Dallas makes the playoffs, the Vikings make the playoffs, the Lions make the playoffs. New, oh, am I running out of playoff teams? No. Probably. Yeah, no. Yeah, I am. Oh. Okay, Dallas makes the playoffs. Yeah, because I said Detroit would make the playoffs. I'm, I'm now Xing that out. So I got Dallas makes the playoffs, Minnesota makes the playoffs, New Orleans makes the playoffs. Oh, the Niners make the playoffs. Seattle and Card and the Cardinals make the playoffs, and the Bucks make the playoffs. There's okay. your six teams. I thought we were doing seven. <laughs> is that that is seven? Sorry, so that is seven. Three wild cards being Seattle, uh, Seattle, Arizona, and Tampa Bay. That is seven. Okay. So Four I agree. division wins. I agree. I agree with you. Nobody, nobody coming out of the East is going to be a wild card. Um, I think you're looking at Dallas. You're looking at New Orleans and Tampa. You're looking at Green Bay. And you're looking at, actually, I agree, three teams from the West, San Fran, Seattle, and I have the Rams, not the Cardinals. So the difference that we have is Minnesota and Green Bay. That's it. No, you have the Cardinals. I have the Rams. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Okay, who do you have in the NFC Championship game? Give me a second. I'm thinking. New Orleans and Dallas. Okay, and I have New Orleans and the Bucks. Um, 
I take the, I take New Orleans to win that. So New Orleans makes the Super Bowl in my in my NFC. Now I have to ask: Is the NFL MVP Emmanuel Sanders then? No, and and after reading no, and after reading a whole lot about Emmanuel Sanders and the way that Drew Brees has pushed the ball around or lack thereof. I'm not sure Emmanuel Sanders is our guy this year. That, that makes me sad. Um, I have New Orleans. I know. Okay. So we both have New Orleans. So let's go into the AFC. And I, I yeah, I, I have, I'm going to pick Baltimore over Kansas City in Baltimore. So Baltimore against New Orleans. And I'm going Indy over Kansas City. Wow. So Philip Rivers go. plays against Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. And neither one's playing for the Chargers. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, I'll bite. I got Drew Brees winning the Super Bowl over so do I. and on his, on his way out. Yep, me too. This is, I think, yeah. the end of the Perfect. run in New Orleans, though. If it's not this year, it's not going to happen. Correct. I don't think he comes back after this year. I think this is it. Um, okay, who is your MVP? Uh, who's my MVP? Who? I said I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, okay. Who is my Who is my MVP? Dak Prescott. Damn it! You took mine too. If they get the <laughs> If they get the number one seed, he he is the MVP, no doubt. Uh, rookie of the year is is Hilaire in Kansas City for me. Yeah, I mean that's just the obvious. That's an obvious pick. Um, it makes. Yeah, I'm sure. And coach of the year, I will go Mike McCarthy. I'll go Frank Reich. Well, so this. So in your in your world, Indy win Indy gets what, the two seed? Behind Baltimore? Or no, the three they, seed. It's actually the three seed, right? Behind yeah, Baltimore and Kansas City. Well, they get the three seed and they get the three seed. And they okay. beat Baltimore. I, and they beat Baltimore in Baltimore, which I realize you know, Baltimore has still not been a great playoff team so far. And Indy, the one thing we know Indy can do is Indy can run the ball. And I just get the feeling KC is going to just drop somewhere. Is it? And Indy's got a good defense. Not great, but a good defense. And they are going to eat up the clock. I think it's a bit of a, re- a, bit of a reach, but it's a, lot e- it's a lot more interesting than taking Kansas City. I'll tell you, it's, I didn't pick Kansas City. You took, Bal- you took Baltimore. 
Right. Well, you said it's a lot more interesting than taking Kansas City. I didn't take Kansas City. Right. Um, Everyone is taking Kansas City or Baltimore. I will tell you that would be a very fun Super Bowl to watch. I would not necessarily the gameplay, but I would enjoy seeing Indy in that game against New Orleans. Like I would enjoy Philip Rivers and his 28 kids on the field. Like that, assuming that COVID was allowing that. But yes, I would like that. Okay, so here's my next question: the over under on the week that a game is postponed. Three. You think that in the third week we're going to get post? We're going to get a stop. I think there's a either. Here's the thing. I think it's going to happen early in the first three to four weeks, or it's not going to happen. I would agree with that. Completely agree with that. Okay. So three to four. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So, so ladies and gentlemen, you have a, you have our NFL playoffs, uh, our NFL preview. Uh, we do not endorse going to Vegas with these picks whatsoever, <laughs> because because I can't remember the last time either one of us was right. So at least on a season long pick. So please save your money. Uh, we can get back to what we start. We can get back to what we started this whole show with, which is heroes. And Seth, I know Tom Seaver wasn't a hero. Probably was not a hero of yours being a Yankee fan. Nope. Who's, who's, who's the guy? Is it when Mattingly passes away? Who's the guy for you? From a baseball standpoint, from just from a fandom standpoint. But from um, a baseball standpoint. Either Mattingly or Winfield. One of the two. So, so I, I've talked about this a lot, and, and my aunt knew Tom Seaver, and we, we talked about Tom Seaver a lot. And somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how, what, when this came down, and it came down, I believe it was Tuesday night or Wednesday, right after our show. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And for the next couple of days, it really did hit me really hard. It made me introspective. It made me think about it. And somebody asked me, wait, you're 44 years old. So you were born in 1976. You never saw Seaver pitch with the Mets for more than, like, five games. Like, how could, how could that hit you as, well, as much as it did? And I think that's a, a, a very valid question. But I will tell you that when I was growing up, the Yankees ruled the roost, which they generally did, except for 1985, 86, and 87. Especially the back pages. It was always George Steinbrenner, this, George Steinbrenner, that. And the Yankees had the history on their side, and they still do. Twenty, what is it? Twenty-eight World Series now, stuff. Twenty-six, I think. Twenty-six, and the Mets have what? Two. Two. But we, but we always had Tom Seaver, and we always had the best right-handed pitcher in history. I mean, you can you can go up and down the list. You, you can make an argument for Roger Clemens if you want. Go ahead and 
while you're at it, why don't you take an injection to your butt? Because that's basically where you'd be with that. You can make an argument to Walter Johnson if you want, but then you have to ask yourself, well, he didn't pitch against everybody. You can make an argument about Pedro Martinez or Greg Maddox. I'll put Tom Terrific stats over them any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You're not going to get me. You're not going to get me to the point that you're going to convince me that any of those pitchers were better than Tom Seaver. And that's what you get for being a Mets fan. Yeah, I think it's also interesting. Nobody is – there's not a pitch, not anything specific about Seaver. No. Anything that puts you at that level. He doesn't have the, the precision of Maddox. He didn't have the speed nope. or power of Johnson or the the curve of of Pedro or – yeah, he didn't even have, you know, the definitive year that um, he didn't have the definitive year that what do you call it? Um, that Carlton did when he went twenty-seven and ten for a final year. No, the thing about Seaver, the thing about Seaver is Seaver pitched when, when pitching stats were not as recognized as they are today. Like, war just was not a stat, right? I mean, it didn't come across until much later. But, I mean, Seaver's top war, let's just put it that way, wins, against, wins above replacements, was 10.6. And that happened in 1973 when he led the Mets to the World Series. He finished eighth in the, in the balloting for MVP. Eighth with a 10.6. The winner was Pete Rose with an 8.3. Two above him was, was Lou Brock, who also unfortunately passed away. And one above Lou Brock was Mike Marshall. Mike Marshall and Lou Brock combined for a total of 5.4. And Seaver was 8. So, I don't think people understood the enormity and what Seaver brought to the table. 19 and 10 with a 2.08 ERA and a whip under 1. A whip under 1. Like, that don't ha- that, that stuff is it just doesn't happen anymore. So, yeah, I Seth, I get it. He didn't have that one season. He didn't have the Carlton season where he pitched for a last place team and won fifty percent of their games. But there was nobody that was more humble than Seaver. And look, a couple of years ago, Seaver said, "You know what? I'm done. I have dementia." I can't figure this out, um, and I, I'm, I'm going to pass away, and I'm going to do it in recluse. I'm going to be. I'm, he didn't come back for the 50th anniversary of the Mets and uh, World Series championship last year, and it was sad not to see him. But this, that this was this was your your dad's Mickey Mantle to me, and this just said, wow, I am 
incredibly old. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Lou Brock dying like four days later didn't help. But I always saw Lou Brock not as a contemporary receiver, but an older player. And going back and looking at it, no, he was a contemporary. Same type, same just same time period. My friend, we are old. Yes. I, I, I don't old. disagree. We're just. I old. do not so, disagree with you at all. At all. All right. So next week we'll be back regular time and regular duration of 60 minutes. Seth, you got something to say last five minutes? <sighs> no, other than it's been a very tiring sports couple weeks. As, exci- as excited as I am about um, football and EPL soccer starting this weekend while I'm at the office working, um, as you said, Brock, Seaver, Olsen, Thompson, it has not been a great. It has just not been a, a great sports year <laughs> under any circumstances. No, no we got three, guys. We got three. We got three more to. Go. We got four more months to go. Uh, my last thing before we go, um, I I don't know where in the country you are right now when you're listening to this, and I don't know what type of profession that you are, but if you are a teacher, thank you. Thank you for all of us that are not teachers, that you have the patience and endurance to put up with the crap that your poet's putting up this year. Um, some people don't want to call you first responders. I guarantee you, in my heart, you are a first responder. You, uh, you are the ones that are educating today's youth, so we don't go through this shit again. So uh, thank you very much. I know this week is generally the first week of school for those in the Northeast. And uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your endurance. And thank you for your, what do I want to say? Thank you for your energy in teaching our youth. Because without you, we'd be a lot different than we are today. So thank you very much. Okay, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. I got to tell you guys, wish us luck tonight. Sounds like we kind of need it. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.